Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today I have the good fortune to be joined by Marley Jacks of MarleyJacks.com. Her roster of clients include such legendary thought leaders as Alex Charfin, Rachel Peterson, Stephen Larson, Damon John, and many, many others. Regardless of niche or location, Marley and her team of experts aid visionary entrepreneurs in achieving maximum impact and profit through the power of omnipresent video. Marley, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. So let's go back in time before you were a queen of omnipresent video. How did you get started? Well, crazy story. I was the dental hygienist and I started doing uh, social media on the side just for the dental office. And their IT guy was like, hey, you're good at this. Can I refer you to some of my clients? Well, he referred me to all of his clients and then all of a sudden I had a business. And uh, I didn't, I mean, I I learned as I went and it was a great opportunity to learn. And I realized, hey, this could be my ticket out of a nine to five. I could do this as a, like a full on business. So I started um, learning more about it and I started making videos so that I could get my content out there more, that I could get more visible. And some of those videos really started to take off. And then I thought, well, what if I do videos like this for my clients too? And then some of those videos really started to take off. Um, And it really just, it grew from there. All right, so I'm sure the longer version, if it doesn't, should be in a book somewhere. So <laughs> let's break that down a little bit. So you, st- when you say those videos took off or your videos took off, what does that, that could mean different things to different people. What does that mean for you? Yeah, these videos, like I was getting attention from all different kinds of plot, like on YouTube, people were finding these videos and they were getting thousands of views. People were um, reaching out and emailing me about my services and, hey, can you help me with this? Um, and these videos were things that were, were discoverable organically, even though I posted them like months ago. And even now it's been years. I started posting those videos in 2016 and they're still generating leads and clients for me. So I was like, there's something really cool here that I don't have to keep chasing after content that these videos are still bringing me business every day. Awesome. So what should be as entrepreneurs, what should be our goal? You know, we see things like the Harmon Brothers produce a Squatty Potty viral video or Camp Chef or something like that. And obviously most of us aren't really thinking, hey, we're an entrepreneur, we're, we're not really gonna go viral. Why is viral a misconception and what do we like really need to actually make it work? 
Yeah. The biggest thing is, is creating content that provides value for your audience. But one of the things that, that I speak about so much that I get so fired up about is sharing your stories and some, some of the vulnerability about who you are as a, as an entrepreneur. Um, because as much as I, and I, this is how I started is I created content that was just about the strategies and the tactics, which is great to a degree because people are like, Oh, she knows what she's talking about. But things really changed in my business as I started to tell more of the stories and the struggles and who I am and, and why I am where I am today. And that really helps your audience to understand who you are and to resonate with you and your story and really trust you as someone that they're willing to do business with because they see how far you've come to get to where you are. Absolutely. I think at this level, we get paid more for who we are than what we actually do. Yeah. So ta- you, you, met, you brought that up. So what do we, what do you say to entrepreneurs who are afraid to tell their story or think, Hey, it should just matter how good I am. It shouldn't matter if I grew up in a log cabin or on the wrong side of the tracks. Like I don't want to reveal that stuff. Why is that stuff? Why is that the stuff that works so well? Why is that so compelling? Oh, it's, I'm so glad that we're talking about this because it's it just gets me fired up thinking about it. And even just look at the the people that you follow or the the stories that you love or the movies you watch. Why is it that we're on the edge of our seat when we're watching like Rocky or Star Wars or whatever movie, and and we cheer so loud at the end when the when the protagonist like gets the girl or wins the race or lands the dream job, like because we got to see how far they came to get. We saw them hit rock bottom and crawl their way back up. We understand their journey. It's not just like hey, this person won the race or they, they got the girl or whatever. We got to see the whole journey. And because of that, we trust them and we want to keep following the journey. And we, we love these characters. So when people say like, well, I don't really have a story. You absolutely do. It's just that you're too close to it. You, there's, there's stories all around you, whether it's a conversation you overheard at the, at the gas station or something that someone said to you years ago or, or a time that you, you won or a time that you lost. It's, there are stories everywhere. It's just about finding them and finding a way to tie it back into your main message. Absolutely. I think you bring up an excellent point. We have, for example, an orthodontist who said he didn't have a story. And then when we interviewed him, we found out that he, his teeth were so bad as a child, he was picked on. His parents took him to an orthodontist. It changed his life. That's why he became an orthodontist. And he now owns the practice that he went to as a kid. Yeah. And I said, oh my, like when he told it, he was teared up. He was crying. And I said, oh my God, that is social media gold. How are you not telling that story every day? That's so, so powerful. Right? That's like why I got it. He's like, well, that's just why I became an orthodontist. Nobody cares yeah. about that. And so, I said, yes, they do. That is yes. absolutely what they care about. They don't care that you have the latest whiz bang Invisalign technology. They care why you do what you do. Exactly. So how do you help entrepreneurs get over that fear? How do you help them get their message out? How do you help them actually craft that story in a way that sells? One of the first things that we do with our clients is we, we help them define that message. Um, and we always speak about how our content is impact-driven, profit-focused. So we start with the impact. It's like re- reverse engineering. How do you want to make your audience feel? Um, for me, I personally say like, I want to have a mix of heart and humor. So I'm going to be vulnerable. And then I'm also going to be funny and like be open to making fun of myself. And, and we can all laugh together. Um, and then tie that back into like my purpose is helping other entrepreneurs lead their movements and become better leaders. Um, and then when, when we do the same thing with clients, whether they're a, you know orthodontist or a, 
um, an author or a speaker, anything like it's, how do you want your audience to feel? And what are the stories we, we create a story inventory. So kind of like what I said, you know, there's stories everywhere, whether something you overheard at the gas station, we create this story inventory, starting with your origin story, going into your childhood, going into why you became an entrepreneur, the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, the struggles, the triumphs, and then also building on that, that as you are growing in your business, the things that happen day to day. And so we build these story inventories, but then we also build out what's the value ladder. So the, the client's offerings from low ticket to high ticket, the entry level to the highest point that someone can work with them um, and building out how do we put these stories into sharing the strategies and the tactics that then lead into them joining their email list or reaching out for, um, to join a course or, you know, a, and a, coaching program, something. So we're reverse engineering how we want them to, how we want the audience to feel, how we want them to be impacted. And then also reverse engineering, how do we then bring these people into their value ladder by the first step is usually a freebie, a lead magnet. Click the link below for my free fill in the blank. Yep. Okay. So you have worked with some household names, at least in our industry yeah. and some folks people might recognize from TV. How are you getting why do those people we think they have it all together we think that you know they're the people on stage um why do they need help telling their story and maybe that makes us feel better <laughs> well i mean of course these people are uh i admire them so much and we get to see the outside world um but even i mean alex sharfin that's one of the names that you mentioned he is very open and honest and transparent on his con on his instagram stories that that's one of the platforms that I follow him on the most because I just, I love seeing what his world is like and that he's so open and honest about what real life looks like. Um, and I think just for anybody, often because we are living it, we are too close to it. Um, and of course there's, there's more than just the storytelling. It's also leading into, um, the format for videos, retention, um, how to, where to post them on what platform. So that's some of the other things that we help people with. But my favorite part is, pulling out the stories and the messages and, uh, and getting clients to be vulnerable. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> well, we, we, we don't, ha I wish we had all day, but <laughs> I understand your time is valuable. So let's talk about, let's go back in time for another minute. Do you remember the first video you ever did? Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. One of the first videos I did was, um, I'm trying to think of what the topic was, but I just remember that I tried to be funny in it. And, um, it was also, it was like one of my first videos, so I didn't know where to put the camera. And in the video, the camera's like below eye level. So I look like my eyes are closed a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I can like see the video, but I can't remember what the topic was. I just remember it being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't post this. And then the next videos I started to get, I mean, every video you always get better. There was one video where I, I remember the topic was about having a call to action in your videos. You always have to, and I gave this example of like, you have to ask for the second date. And so I did this thing where I'm like at a table with myself and one version of me is wearing a mustache. And I'm like, imagine you're at a date and you're like, this is going great. Well, see you later. And you hope that they'll come after you. Like, no, you have to have a call to action. I love that. That's a great, we use dating analogies a lot in our market, in, in, in explaining things to clients. Um, I, you know, what you brought up about the evergreen content about stuff that stays around for years because it lives on the internet forever is so true. We still get leads from the very first video I ever did 13 years ago. And I'm going to date myself, but that video was shot with a Kodak Z8 camera. 
And I did it myself. And you can literally watch me run around the table and sit on the other side after I press the on button because I didn't know how to edit anything. That's funny. And it's on a god awful couch. And I still, we still get leads from it. So people say you should really get a new couch. And I said, we did. It was 13 years ago. We did. (laughs) We did get a new couch and we could finally afford it. So, so what are some of the biggest mistakes? you see folks making who are actually trying to do video, they got over the hurdle, the initial fear, the, oh my God, I'm going to be on camera. What are some of the most common mistakes you see them making? Um, so they're fi- you're saying they're finally on camera. They I got mean, over the fear, they started recording video, and what are they doing wrong? Yeah, I mean, some of it is just rambling without having an outline to their videos. And that's how I did at first, too, is I would just turn on the camera and talk about things. And that makes it really hard for editing, too, because if you aren't following a format and then you're like, oh, I forgot this, I got to put this there, it just it doesn't flow nicely. Um, some things that I always I tease people about, I actually say this to, to my audience quite frequently, is we, we often try to reverse engineer like what other people are doing. Oh, so maybe I should do that too. There's a ton of Gary Vaynerchuk wannabes out there. Oh my God. Gary's great, but like, I want you to be your own flavor of influence. Um, but have you ever asked yourself, if you ever start a Facebook live by saying, Hey guys, just popping in here real quick. Just wanted to talk to you about this. Do you realize how many people start their videos by saying, just popping in? And so I have this joke with my community where we're like, hashtag stop the pop. Like no oh more. Oh my pop. God, that's great. It's hook story offer, not just popping into hook story offer. So now that you, now that I've said that you'll probably recognize because everyone does it and we do it just because we see everyone do it. But why are you actually doing it? So um, that's what I always tease people and say, just get right into the story. Don't pop in. I love that. And it's also almost denigrating yourself and the value you're about to bring. Because if you said, Hey, I just want to pop in, I would say, no, No. you're not going to, I'm not giving you five minutes of my time to pop in. Tell me what you want to talk about. Give me a compelling reason to watch or listen to you. So it's almost like they're downplaying the importance of what they're about to say. Exactly. Which segues into my next question, which is how do we, you talked about the hook story offer framework for our folks a small number of them who are watching who don't actually know what that is, can you briefly explain it? Yeah, this is a concept from Russell Brunson's books, uh, .com Secrets or Expert Secrets. He, he speaks about them in a lot of his content. Um, so hook story offer that the beginning of your content should have that compelling hook that gives the, the viewer, or the, the listener, the reader, whatever, a reason to keep wanting to, to stay. It gives them that reason to retention. Um, because if, if they you know, they're captivated from the beginning, we have a better chance that they're going to stay throughout the story and then stay towards the offer. So when you have that compelling hook right at the beginning, it grabs their attention. And then you go into the story. And Russell also talks about the frameworks of teaching where it's um, that you do your, you teach the story and then you teach the strategies and the tactics. Because if you teach the story, that's how your audience knows how you learned it, how you earned it. And they're going to buy in more to the reason why you're sharing this. Like, I understand the pain you had to go through to become who you are today. So if I can learn from you, that's going to help, you know, escalate or accelerate my progress because I'm learning from someone who's been through it. Um, So spending a lot of time in the story is really important. So the hook captures their attention. The story allows them to know who you are and the journey that you had to go through to get this information. 
And then the offer is typically the call to action. You're, I mean, you're still giving the content, the meat and potatoes, the strategies and the tactics. And then the offer is the call to action. So I've given you the steps to X, Y, Z, but now if you click the link below, I'm going to give you my full framework in the form of a, some, some kind of lead magnet, um, or it can be straight to a course or a sales page or something. Awesome. So talk a little bit about Marley Jack's productions and how you're helping entrepreneurs and business owners get their messages out. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing to do is we, we work with entrepreneurs who have an impact driven message that they, they're going to change the world in their own little way. And something that, that we have, we have services where we create all of their video content for them. We batch film six months of content in three days and then re release and publish, promote all of their content for six months. Um, but we also have like do it yourself courses, challenges, um, and a coaching program where we can work with you or train your team to implement it in house. Um, yeah, so we work with uh, do-it-yourself, done with you, done for you, all different levels of entrepreneurs. Awesome. What do you like best about what you do? Just being obsessed with with the clients and their message and their purpose. Like I, I get on calls with people and they're in all different industries, but everything they do is they're so fired up about why they do what they do. And it inspires me. I was on a call last week with um, uh, a bunch of pawn, pawn shop owners. And I don't know very much about that industry at all. But I teared up on that call because of how passionate they were about what they do and how they get to help people in their community and how much they love. I mean, they're typically very, they're family owned businesses. And I had no, it just, I learned new things about industries all the time. And to be able to understand their passion and their heart and why they do what they do, it just inspires me to be able to work with more people to knowing that they're going to get their little piece right in changing the world. That is awesome. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge? Um, balance, <laughs> entrepreneur, uh, work-life balance, relationships. Uh, yeah, that's my biggest challenge. That, that is a good answer. Uh, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank once told me that balance was bullshit and that boundaries rule. I don't, yeah. You know what? I think that's very accurate. I have a funny story about Barbara Corcoran. I, I met her at, um, an event several years ago before I was ever an entrepreneur, I used to work for a company that we put on speaking engagements and uh, she forgot her wallet when she came out. And so I loaned a shark some money. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I imagine that was, that's cocktail party. Oh yeah. That's, for quite that's a while. One of my, like two truths and a lie kind of answers. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. So, what are the what are the trends i mean obviously facebook live is huge live video what are some of the things you see like kind of what's next what's coming down the pike um i mean TikTok is really <laughs> i don't spend a time i mean i enjoy watching my, TikToks, my but daughters it, are on it all oh, the time um i i love instagram stories i think a lot of entrepreneurs should be spending time on instagram stories i think that's a lot of the um, like the VIP behind the scenes kind of content that continues to grow that intimacy level with your audience. Um, my Instagram stories, I'm on there all the time. And uh, I, I get a lot of comments from people saying that like, this is so cool to see the behind the scenes of your world. And I personally try to make it like my playground to be a stand up comedian only on Instagram stories. I've never done stand up comedy on a stage. But um, I think it's a really great way to get your audience watching. And because the content disappears in 24 hours, it has that urgency and scarcity built into it. So people are typically more engaged watching it. That is very cool. Talk to us a little bit about the team you've got that's helping you do all this amazing stuff. 
Yeah, we have a team of, uh, I think we're at 16 people now. We just hired a, a new social media manager. Um, so I have, I just, I, I never knew how much I was going to love being a leader. And that's one of my favorite areas of personal development and, and professional development to continue to grow in is how can I be a better leader for my team, for my clients, for my students, um, so that I can, I mean, first it was, I started this business as myself the chief everything officer and then starting to build a team around me. It went from me to we, and then knowing that my team can also take care of our clients and students, it then becomes they that like me to we to they, that then now our students are the people who are also spreading our message. And I can't do that without, without the team that I have. I used to think if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. But that is such a limiting belief to think that that in my 24 hours in a day that I can only do these things. There are people on my team who like, sure, I can, I can do my taxes and I can write copy and I can check my emails, but there are people on my team who do it a lot better than I do so that I can focus on my zone of genius. That is awesome. And what for our, what else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? Mm, I mean, I love, we talked about the storytelling, the vulnerability. That's just one of my favorite things. And, uh, one of the things that I, that I say a lot in my content that I would love to repeat here is for people that think, well, I, I can't, or I don't have anything important to share. Um, I spoke at Funnel Hacking Live earlier this year. I spoke on stage in front of 5,000 people, um, shared the stage with Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson, several other just amazing big names of people that I look up to. Um, but a few weeks before that, I had announced that my marriage ended and it was a very vulnerable time for me. And there were a lot of eyes on me because of that, that first of all, I'm going on this, the biggest stage of my life and have, am going through the biggest transition of my life as well. And one of the things that I shared from stage is that you have to share this content. You have to share your stories, even in the times that you don't want to, because if you don't, your audience is drowning without you. And if I let that part of my life negatively impact me to the point where I stopped creating content, it wouldn't just impact me. So you have to share your content and, and helping people doesn't stop just because your life isn't perfect. No one's is. So lean into that vulnerability, lean into those stories and share it with the people who need it because they do need it. I love it. That's great advice. You mentioned Russell Brunson's book. So I'm going to give you a disclaimer that you can't use those other than Russell's. What are your top three favorite books? Uh, good, good disclaimer there. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Alex Sharfin's book, um, The Entrepreneurial Personality Type, that explained to me why I am the way that I am. I also, hmm, let's see, Psycho-Cybernetics. That's yeah. a great book about uh, just mindset, personal development, growth. Gosh, it's so great. I want to read it again. Um, and then I'm also reading a book about uh, relationships called Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Mating in Captivity. All right. That's one that I haven't read. All right. It's fascinating. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Marley, we know your time is valuable. We greatly appreciate it. For our folks watching and listening, go to Marley Jacks with two X's dot two X's the letter dot com. Uh, Marley, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text pitch to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat 
cheap. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>